Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Physiology Secrets podcast. We've got Tyler with me today uh, and we're going to be talking a bit about swimming and some of the common things that we've seen, um, in particular what Tyler's seen uh, in some, some of the mistakes swimmers make or triathletes make when they're trying to improve their swim legs. So do you first of all just want to talk about, for those who don't know uh, your swimming background, do you want to just quickly have a chat about that and then maybe some of, go through some of the, um, the race times that you've been able to achieve with your, um, your I guess, swimming ability over the last little while? Yep, um, so my background is, I suppose, as a sport swimming, swimming through high school, yep. um, at not not a great level, but a few sort of state level and one national open water championships. Uh, and then post high school, uh, I stopped swimming a little bit, but I, I spent a few years working as a coach with some junior athletes, uh, as well as some senior athletes and some older, I guess, adults, more for fitness. And then... More recently, in the form of triathlon swimming, I've had some reasonable results. So, um, sometimes I've had a couple of sub 50 Ironman swims, uh, one at Port and one at Busso, which got me fastest uh, age group swim time. And Xterra, um, Taiwan, I had the fastest overall swim that day. So, uh, that's, that's, I guess, some of my swimming credentials. <laughs> For lack of a better term. Yeah, so pretty pretty much what we're getting at is yeah, you've got you've got a bit a uh, bit of knowledge about how to swim fast in in the water and and what what sort of goes into a pretty strong swim leg for a triathlete, but then also just swimming in general. So perfect person to talk about some of the common things that that you see. And we've sort of had a chat over the last little while, even between us here, about some of the things we see when we go to pools and see different athletes doing different drills and things like that, and using different, um, uh, I guess. Uh, assisting assisting tools like kickboards paddles things like that and and maybe some of the the things that might be going really well for them but then maybe some of the things that are, are not so not so great so do you want to just chat through some of the the common mistakes athletes are making when when using some of these implements to or using some of the drills to to try and better themselves is it actually making a positive change or not yeah so th- this is i guess m- some of my philosophies and and things that i uh, find at least work for me and I've seen with some athletes that some of our coaching guys and uh, Mets membership guys that we've done a little bit of work with um, so certainly not to say that this is gospel and you know if you've got something that yeah. works for you stick with that yeah. I won't talk too much about specifics of technique because there's probably a longer discussion for another day um, but in terms of probably two areas um, we'll start I'll talk about volume um, in particular of individual sessions so I think from what I see as a rule, triathletes especially, to me, just swim for too long um, in a session. Now, I'm seeing people that aren't necessarily the strongest swimmers going out and swimming four to five K sessions multiple times a week. Now, it's a long way in the pool, um, and I see these sessions being done week in, week out without any real improvement. It's it's almost just we, we go through the motions and we this we just do this week in week in week in and think time in the water is we're just going to get better which initially and sure it will but if we're just doing the same i guess intensity for the same session again and again we're just going to keep doing that same sessions without a lot of um improvement going on so one thing that i really do in my swimming is train not not all the time but train at us at a speed or at a range of speeds um and then once I can swim those speeds, I then increase the distance, or I think a lot of time, um, I don't know if you've seen this, a lot of time people are training at their distance that they want to get to, 
and doing it, and then trying to get the speed up from there. Um, as an example, if, if I'm going to do a set of hundreds, a common set that I do, then I might have a goal. If it's a if it's a half Ironman build, I might have a goal to, to be doing 2100s at at a target time. So maybe for me, I might be aiming to get to 2100s, holding say 116, and going off a 130 go time. That that might be it. I'm not going to do 2100s in the first week. I I'm probably going to try and do 10 100s, or it might be 8 100s, or, or depending on where I made in my yeah. build, it might be 8 100s at that, pretty much at that goal time. I'm not going to be going much slower than 118 or 120. If I, and if I can't do that for more than eight, I'll just I'll do eight, and I might be doing it off a minute 40, say, so a bit slower go time. I'm then going to progress from there. That might be my son. I might get to 10, 12, 15, whatever it might be, and then I might be able to bring down that 140 to that a 135 go time or a 130 go time. Um, and do it that way. Rather than doing 2100 at the start where I'm swimming at 140, which is obviously a long way off where I want to be and I'm needing to go off two minutes and then trying to trying to bring that down. I want to, I want to be swimming um, the way I want to be swimming, I suppose, from the start and then building my ability to hold that for a longer period of time. What I find in swimming is that if you are fatigued, then it falls apart. So if, if you're trying to do 4K and off very little swimming and the fatigue sets in then the technical aspect goes right away so we want things when yeah. body position drops catch gets weak we get short at the front we get short at the back and then we do that for maybe we do that for 2k's because we've got such a long set and we're fatigued we've just done 2k's of building really bad habits good we've been in the water for 4k's but rather than doing 2 good k's where our habits are really good our technique's good we're swimming strong and then calling it we're doing 4Ks and we're building bad habits for a long period of time. Yeah. So uh, I guess that's my, my thought around that. I, I, if I was to give advice, um, yes, if we're going to try and swim an Ironman, we want to be doing 4 plus K sets before that Ironman. Yeah. We don't need to be doing 4K sets 12 weeks, 16 weeks, 20 weeks out when we start. Don't be afraid to do 1,500 metres and get out. A short warm-up, a really good quality hard a main set and a short cool-down in a 1500 meter swim at 2k a 2k set you should be able to get yourself to a point of um, fatigue a fair bit of fatigue in the arms if you are uh, doing all those things right catching a lot of water pulling through um, really strong things like that so that that would be my first that's the first thing i think um i could do three 2k sets in a week and get a lot more out of it than doing three 4k sets where where half of those sets are just junk swimming for lack of a better term and building bad habits yeah and it's really that quality over quantity and we talk about heaps on on the podcast and a lot of the content we put out is all about the the quality aspect and making sure you're um you're hitting the right areas and making the most of each of your sessions so yeah going out and doing 4ks when you're, you're potentially gonna be fatigued by the the second half of the session you're just wasting the better part of sort of really for most people like half an hour 40 minutes in the pool of of, of not doing a lot um and really like the idea as well, an interesting way of looking at it is, yeah, get that pace up first. And something that I've noticed when I've swum with you as well is there's been sessions where you go, all right, I'm trying to do 10 hundreds and you'll pull the session short and go, I can't hit pace today, there's no point. Um, definitely in, in that same alignment of trying to get the quality up, get the pace up there. So once you've nailed that pace, you do nail that session when you, you're either better recovered for it prior to or you're, you've, you've started to adapt so you're able to hold that pace for a little bit longer, then you can just extend that distance out and... I mean, proof is in the, the race result really in terms of being able to then swim at that higher pace. Um, it's the same thing when we go out on the bike and run and 
point of your sport is if you just go and do long, slow, long and slow, long and slow, you teach yourself to be long and slow. Um, it's very difficult to increase the intensity without having some sort of that, that higher intensity uh, aspect or, or trying to push yourself to higher intensity. But downside is you can't you can't stay up here all the time, particularly when you do it for the first time. You, you've got to progressively build yourself up into how long you can stay at that top end. So yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's very hard to swim well or swim correctly while swimming very slowly. Yeah. It's a bit on the... Uh, Except it's it's running a, a really bit similar like, on the yeah. run, yeah. Um, Bike's a bit different. We can we can ride we can ride at really low intensity, and we're not changing yeah. biomechanics, and we're not. But if, if we're swimming really slowly, it's really hard then to keep our body position up to be pulling through the water effectively. Almost by design, if we are pulling through the water effectively, we're going to be putting a bit of strain through our through our muscles, and we're not going to be going that slow. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Um, in terms of probably the second second major thing, yeah, you see, you sort of alluded to before. Um, Volume being the main one, but then the second one being sort of some of the, the influence people use in the pool, kickboards, pool boys, fins, paddles uh, alike. Sort of your philosophy around some of the use of that or the overuse of that. Yeah, yep. Um, all, all these, so fins, um, a pool boy or a wetsuit shorts, paddles, you know, I think they definitely all have their place. I don't like seeing something like like I said, a four and a half K set where I've spent three Ks with paddles and a four boy in. Um, I'll give you some of my philosophies and reasons why I use um, equipment. Again, people can have different ideas and feel free to comment if you've got different ideas. Pool boys are really good for, in my opinion, for teaching body position. so again, triathletes, denser legs from all our running and riding, we, we traditionally see lower hips, lower legs. So the pool boy is really good in propping that up um, and trying to get an athlete to feel that position where we want to be. What we see is that triathletes then become very reliant on their pool boy or their wetsuit shorts and now they're, they're doing a lot of their swimming with that in. Now, people will say that if you're going to have a wetsuit swim, then you can get away with it, and that is probably true. The, a wetsuit's more likely to lift your whole body up rather than just the back end. Um, hoob or hub or heavy, so I don't know, really clever, have got what they call a 4-4 wetsuit, where it's four mil through the chest, four mil through the legs, so that's gonna pick you up. You sort of hold your, your same body line, so it's designed for better for mm. people with good body positions. And they have a, what they call their 3-5, or it's three mil in the, the upper body and five mil in the legs, so it's gonna similarly straighten you up, yeah. so it could be something of interest to people. Um, but what we want to do is we want to build, we want to get those hips up by improving our technique. So that's going to be things like engaging our core, um, engaging our glutes. So, so almost clenching our glutes. We use belly button to your spine as a good um, cue, as well as getting an, an effective kick. Now I'll come to that in a minute. But they're, they're the things. That's how we want our athletes to be improving their position. And if that's going to build strength in all those areas, we're going to get used to engaging those muscles. If we don't need to engage them as much with our wetsuit on, that's okay. You know, it's better to be than being able to relax a bit more because we've got that that aid in the race rather than get them. And that's just what we're used to. Um, so yeah, if, if we, I'm sure everyone that's done it has noticed. If you do two caves with your pool boy in and then take your pool boy out, those hips are just yeah. going to fall away. And th- those muscles that we're talking about, they're going to get lazy. They're not engaged. We're not worrying about those cues. We're not going to get used to that sort of um, subconsciously holding that position. So that's one of my problems with um, 
poor boys and, and the, even the wetsuit shorts being overused, they can be used, um, I guess, as a strength tool to take our legs out and, and focus more on our arms. I would argue that as a triathlete, our kick isn't overly propulsive anyway. Yeah. We're, not, we're not going out and doing a six-beat kick yeah. for an Ironman when we've then got to get off and, and ride and run. Mm-hmm. So we are trying to save those legs. So I don't know if that's going to make too much difference. Um, I think we can get that same sort of strength activity just by increasing the intensity of our swim, engaging our arms a little bit more, really focus on pulling through really strong, long at the front, good catch on the water, finishing right down by our thigh. And we get a really similar training effect just by doing that. We don't necessarily need the pull boy there. The ability to to slow a kick down to maybe a two-beat kick, where it's all about rhythm, um, body position. Again, very little propulsion from that kick. We're going to get that same. We're still now relying wholly on our arms without the use for that pull boy. Uh, what it does, uh, we want. We're trying to. We really want our body to be one unit. So from our, our torso through our hips, hips are really important. We drive through those hips to our legs as one connected unit. It all works together. We rotate through the hips at the same time as we rotating our upper body. And we just, we, we use those hips to just generate that, um, almost the power to keep our legs up. Whereas when we start putting poor boys anything, we start to disconnect that. Yep. We start to disconnect the upper body and the lower body and things can fall out. We'll see people um, for those who are just listening, bending sort of at the hips rather than keeping that all in one plane. So, uh, yeah, again, I do, they do have a place. For me, it's more of a teaching tool um, rather than something that we're going to do for a long time, which brings me to what generally goes with that. Paddles, we had this discussion here. Paddles should make you faster and at the same time should make it harder to swim. We should be giving us a greater... Um, a greater hold on the water. So each stroke, we should move more water, which should propel us further forward, which should in turn make us go faster, yeah. which should be harder, because we, we're gonna, it's gonna put more strain through our muscles. Yeah, make us work more, yeah. I personally don't do more than about a K with paddles, and I generally don't do much more than 200s, sometimes maybe some 400s, but like my normal go-to paddle set will be a 200, and it will be hard, pretty much sort of threshold type work but I'll take a 100 with no paddles in between and my paddles are his real quality it's a quality session I guess it's like doing a track session or something like that if you are if I I'll talk about myself because I don't want to talk for someone else if I was to try and do two kilometers with paddles I will fatigue really quickly and what I will find that will do is I will stop using the paddles as they're intended I might alter my hand angle so my hand slips through the water a bit more yeah. rather than that full face of the paddle seeing the water. Because I know I just won't be able to sustain that extra load at a quality work for 2Ks. I just, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause me some issues and you know, potential shoulder things and things like that. Um, and again, when I see relatively inexperienced swimmers doing five 500s or something like that. Or just jumping in and doing the whole set. With pads and paddles yeah. for the whole time. I question whether they're getting anything out of having those paddles on. If they are using them effectively, they must be very strong. Mm. Um, there is some risk of injury, but more likely is we're not we're not using them, and then we're developing bad technique again. Yeah. Um, by what? Well, yeah. So the paddles are good. I think is that they are good for a strength type exercise, but it, to me that's your quality work. They are again as a, as a good training tool. This is what it should feel like when you grab the water. Yeah. 
we should be trying to generate that same type of feeling and resistance that we get from our paddles without our paddles. Right? Just as a, as a um, again, a subconscious or a proprioceptive type thing where you want to feel that feeling in the water, use some paddles to get it, take the paddles off. Now, can you replicate that feeling by grabbing a really, really good amount of water? Yeah. Uh, what's the last one? Fins? Fins, uh, probably, probably the other one that just popped in my head if we've got, if we've got a little bit of time because we start to start wrapping up soon, but um, probably a quick one of fins, but then maybe snorkels as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, only from when I, whenever I see, um, I've never used a snorkel in the pool, so I'm looking at it from an outside perspective, but whenever I see it, you're not getting that, like I said, moving as one, you're not getting that head rotation, yeah. the breathing position that you would be aiming for in a race. And Yep. Um, all right, fins, I think f- fins... Fins are used effectively in swimmers' programs as almost a leg strength type, a specific yep. leg training activity. We increase the resistance through our kick, so it's then a bit harder on our muscles, and it's going to help us strengthen up those specific kicking muscles. So again, I would question how much kicking a triathlete wants to do, mm. how much stress they want through their legs in that swim. Probably not a lot. One thing I do, in, I think flippers are really good for, um, it's getting a pointed toe. Yeah. Now runners, triathletes, the runners classically have really poor plantar flexion. So when we try and, and point that toe as best we can, if you are to ask a swimmer to do that for you, they will get yeah, like it's, a, it's like a, line, yeah, yeah. it's like a ruler yeah. from that down that shin onto that foot. That is like a ruler. Um, and if we could take a runner who's in a lot of dorsiflexion a lot of the time while running, we we find they can't get there. Really good thing for you guys to do if you want to feel it. Do some kick with your toes as pointed as best you can, even uncomfortably so. And then come back to just sort of, I guess, a walking position, almost a 90 degree bend at your ankle with your foot and try and kick. And you just knife the water. Your foot just yeah. knifes the water. You don't go anywhere. So Flippers is really good at sort of training us in that regard because when our fins are on, it's going to straighten yeah. our toe out, which is mm. why I think a lot of us find them quite uncomfortable. We're not used to that. So that's a good thing. The other thing is with drills. Actually... Yeah, and we'll come back to drills. So that's the yeah. last thing I want to talk yeah. about. Um, a lot of drills, like um, we might do three strokes, six kicks. So we're doing three normal strokes, and then we're going to pause. I'm going to hold in that, that position, trying to work on getting a really effective catch position. If Maybe we're not the strongest of kickers, so if we don't have our flippers on, we might find ourselves basically coming to a halt. Mm-hmm. So f- fins are really good in that regard, in, in just being able to make sure we're doing drills correctly. It takes a... We can, don't have to concentrate too much on that because our flippers will keep us moving through the water. Um, even with things like catch-up, when we're pausing at every stroke, so two hands at the front, one arm, wait till it gets back, touch hands, go again. Having our fins on in that situation just helps us keep a bit of um, speed through the water so we can keep our body position up. So an- another really good use for fins there. Uh, the snorkel. <laughs> yeah, there's a place for all these things but when it comes down to it we're not going to race with flippers we're not going to race with a snorkel yeah we're not going to race with a pool boy or our wetsuit pants we might race in a wetsuit we know but different thing we're not going to race with our paddles on what a snorkel is really good for is teaching a really neutral position a good neutral head position we don't have to worry about breathing and getting back to it breathing getting back to it we can just have it there we can take cues if we have a coach there he can really say just look a bit further down we assume they can give immediate feedback on that head position uh, and it can, we can get really good at that. Now, if, if we can't then breathe and get back to that head position, well, then it's not been any use for us. So mm. 
again, really good for teaching, really good for just learning that neutral position, the position we want to return to between breaths. But if we're using a snorkel for a whole session, when we bring that breathing aspect back yeah. to it, are we going to be able to replicate that um, that head position again? Or I think what we traditionally find is you end up being stuck a little bit tilted to if you are breathing to one side or, or you're pausing that breathing side. So yeah, snorkel again has its place. I wouldn't use it for a whole session. I probably, I don't use it. Yeah. You said you don't I use it. it once once we once it. we have got that neutral head position, I don't see too much use for it. Maybe if we want to do a really an easy recovery session, we can take that breathing out. It might make it a bit easier to hold a good body position at a, at a slower speed. Yeah. Um, again, different ways to skin a cat. Um, but just again, I guess the point is be careful with these tools. Yeah. To not rely on them. Don't don't become reliant on being able to swim two k's because you're a poor boy. Try become reliant on using your core muscles and those internal cues to swim two k's. Now we put our wetsuit on. Bonus, awesome. We can relax a little bit and still hold that position, rather than taking that poor boy out. And maybe we have a non wetsuit race, and all of a sudden we're we're sinking, and the open water is an extra element. And um, yeah, use them for their purpose. Don't overuse them. Yeah, so in, in summary, it's a case of we just want to keep everything in the pool as quality as we can, and and make the most of make the most of the laps that we are swimming, or, or if we're out in the open water, the time that we are out there, and really do the things that are going to help you get in that position. Really, on your own, learn the position yourself, because then when you do implement some of these strategies or some of these tools to then either progress it or or revisit it if you feel like there's something wrong, you're going to be doing it correctly and again in the appropriate doses it's actually going to make a positive effect as opposed to what we have talked about where we have seen you know, we see athletes go out and they'll do their entire set with paddles or their entire set with a pool boy and i've even had a conversation with an athlete before where they they, they physically swim faster their sets are faster when they have a pool boy in them when they take it out um and they're, they're actually kicking so it's the type of thing that i mean that really just shouldn't be happening in a in a technique because you get out into race day and inevitably you're gonna be slower than what you trained at so something to be detrimental to uh to performance anything else you want to quickly add yeah, in before we do drills do wrap up? I'll, I'll wrap it up on drills because I, I see it all like as triathletes a lot of us swim by ourselves we may have a, a group session or we're not swimming with a club yeah. as such so often we're swimming with no coach um and i see triathletes all the time out there doing their drills they might be doing catch up they might be doing single arm they might be doing um three stroke six kick or five stroke six kick some variation on that and I see them doing really poor technique during a drill so if we're if we're doing a drill a hopefully we know why we're doing it right? why why are we doing single arm why is single arm in our program why am I doing uh, three stroke six kick well, I'm doing three stroke six kick I'm probably working on um, an effective catch position at the start of my stroke I'm probably working on an effective body roll, so getting used to that that really yeah. that good body roll position, and we're probably working on finishing the stroke down at um, our thigh, so that bottom arm's down there. The next question is, am I doing this correctly while I'm doing the drill? So one, do you know why you're doing it? Hopefully, if you do, do you know if you are doing it correctly? Now the only way you can know that is if someone watches you, who again knows yeah. what they're looking for, or you can get someone to film you. Now, if you are if you are someone that has drills as part of their program, excellent. We all really should to be maintaining those those good techniques. But if that's you, we really need. I would hope 
once a fortnight at least, yeah. mate, sort of you know, when we can, working, yeah. someone to film you, someone to have a look at what you're doing um, and bring back because when you did it with your coach maybe a month ago, you probably nailed it in that session. Yeah. Every session since you've gone a little bit away, a little bit away, a little bit away and now we're practicing a drill which is reinforcing incorrect technique. Um, Particularly if you're like relatively new to swimming as well, like if you've come into triathlon and you, you might have yeah, nailed it in that session with your coach, but then because you're such a, you're at that earlier stage of learning the technique and understanding what's going on, it's really difficult for you to pick up on, oh, that didn't feel right. It might feel like it's going the same, but instead of your hand being here, it's like this. And you don't actually know that until someone shows it to you on video or, or someone from standing on pool deck actually says, hey, your hand's turned like this, what's going on? Um, yeah. It can be difficult to sort of self-regulate that process when, you, when you're not completely set in, this is what it should feel like all the time. So hopefully, if, you've, if you have had someone look at some technique, mm. you've got some cues that for yourself. It might be high elbows, which probably means at the start of your stroke, start of your catch, all the way through that pull, you're keeping that elbow nice and high. It might be finished by your thighs, might be head down, might be one eye in the water while breathing, which is another big one. We lift our heads too high when we breathe. That unless we're doing some sort of effort, yep. doing a 10 hundreds or 20 hundreds or 2 hundreds at or above race pace, unless we're doing one of those type where the goal is um, physiological type adaptations through race pace type situations, any other time we're doing a cool down, a warm up, you know, some easy, some longer easy swimming, remember they are all times where that's when we should be really thinking about those cues. Don't, don't go, I've got a, a nice easy warm up or a nice easy cool down as a yep. point to become lazy in our technique. We want to back the intensity off for those parts of the set uh, in terms of how hard we're working, but we don't want to then again, let the technique fall away, then start reinforcing those bad habits. They're the times, it doesn't have to be a drill to be working on your technique. We're probably not doing it through really hard effort stuff because we just want to focus on that effort stuff. But we think about it during the easy stuff, it's going to carry through to those efforts. We're going to be reinforcing good habits, um, which will carry through to that those other parts of the set. Um, yeah, I guess it's that that old. Every moment's a moment that we can improve. Yep. Um, if we're taking it easy, use that to think about your keywords. Think about doing all the right things. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good. So in in summary, it's it's a case of quality over over quantity. Um, make sure we're not overdoing the volume side of things. Time and place for your your assisting um, tools, so your kickboard, pool boy, whatever it may be, uh, and then the drills is know why you're doing it in the first place, and then make sure you're doing it correctly because that's that's how we're going to piece all those parts together to have a really effective um, set of swims across the week, across your training plan, and, and hopefully start to to bring down some times, uh, whether that be if you're racing triathlon, open water swimming, whatever your sport is. So, um, really good set. If anyone's got any questions about um, any of the information we have talked about here or want, wants to get some more ideas on what Tyler does, given given his sort of background in swimming and obviously pretty sort of knowledgeable on the topic, feel free to get in contact with us. Um, otherwise, we'll see you in the next episode.